you may never know, Uther. I intend to live forever. How dare you show your face here? Uh, faces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that, you idiot! A lot of story there, a lot of lore. Uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing, I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome everyone to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 43, the show that follows the same path as Storyland, Shadowland, Storytelling. Storylands? That's an interesting one. <laughs> Storylands! Well, just so you know, it disappoints everyone up front, but manages to stick the landing in the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess we're disappointing. I don't know. I, I didn't think we were disappointing, but I didn't. I mean, disappointment all okay, around. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, right. I don't well, know. <laughs> each episode, we will check in, have some laughs, and talk all about the lore of Warcraft. One or two topics at a time. Hey, we're probably just doing one today. Hey, my name is Jin. I'm the perfectly adequate host that can be described thusly inoffensive. And I'm joined by someone I will always stay a while and listen to. It's Allie. Oh, hi. Yay! Welcome back, Allie. Hi. Thanks. How you doing? Hi. I'm glad to be recording again. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you how I'm doing in just a moment because it's technically your turn and according to the notes. Oh, it is my turn. See, it's been a while. It's yeah. shaking the rust off. Well, you know. It's fine. You got to follow fine. the notes. The notes know all. So I'm supposed That's to That's true. Say, the notes are there. I see these notes. Allie, how you been? What you been up to? Hmm. How you been? I, I've had a lot of life to live in the last, since the last episode that I was here for. But in between that, I have also tried to keep up with everything in WoW as I can. And I've done a pretty adequate job. <laughs> <laughs> I, let's see, finished the story up, which, for, you know, we'll talk about things today. I finished the Savannah's novel, reading it, and I'm going through the audio of it now. And we'll talk about that in a future episode. And I have three of my four piece for tier. So that's good. I'm getting there. And let's see, I finished the story. Oh, my raid. My raid. Where are we at? So we can't beat Anduin yet. We're struggling, but we're, we're getting further in the fight. So that's good. And then we went through and beat. Who did we beat on Heroic? We beat the, the first one, the Guardian dude. And then Skrillex, Skrillex, Wormy dude. Oh, whatever his name Skrillex. Is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Skrillex. Really right? like his music. I don't even think there's an eye in there, but that's fine. Let's go with it. Skrillex sure. the worm. Skrillex so the worm. <laughs> <laughs> that's how my brain works these days. I'm sorry. So yeah. Uh, so we're making progress and everyone's getting more gears. So hopefully we can get Anduin down. Apparently I, I skipped one day last week for various reasons. And they made us some attempts on Lords of Dread. God, that's fight. <laughs> So I went into LFR because I was like, trying to get my four piece frontier and I did the Anduin Lords of Dread right Rygalon fight. And I'm really disappointed with the voice lines for right Rygalon, however you say his name. Yeah. I mean, because so, like I was I was dead a lot on that fight. So I was really paying attention. I was like, eh. I don't know. We can expect from just a dominated butthole. Like, that's <laughs> I guess, but I guess I expected more because of Algalon and 
and all of that, that business. Right. And so I was so excited for this fight and I'm like, Oh, that's, that's yeah. it. That's, that's the word. That's disappointing. I was, uh, I was, I was also disappointed because it's like, he did not stick the landing. It, no, he did not. <laughs> landing not stuck. I mean, not at all. And honestly, other than the Anduin fight, my kind of opinion is, is that the story in the raid is not like stunning. It's okay. We already kind of covered the, you know, ending cinematic, so. Right, right. But the ending that we're going to be talking about in a little while, it's a little bit better, but. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. What if, uh, what have you been up to? Well, let's see. My raid team, we have finished with the jailer. Yay, us. Go paddle back. Congrats. So that's unnormal, everybody. Don't, don't, don't worry. It's still good. It's normal. It's still good. We're just, we're just normal. Um, so we have managed to down two bosses, two, uh, count them, uh, in Heroic. I don't know what the second one was, but I think it's Mr. Sausage Maker, the Oracle, the Sausage. Descending a, We call him the Sausage. It's the Sausage. The Sausage. I think it's what my rig called girls it too. Yeah, we call him the Sausage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't want to know how the Sausage is made. We just want to kill him. Right. So yeah, we took uh, we took down uh, the sausage. Oh, and speaking of, hey Ali, don't don't worry too much about you not having a uh, four piece. Because did you know, starting today, you now have the creation catalyst. So go make yourself a four piece. Yeah, I'm really confused because admittedly, with various <laughs> things and how things have been going lately with life, I haven't read into how the creation catalyst works. And so you know, you were a little busy with work, so I slipped into game really quick, checked my vault, which was crap, and then. I went to Orbo, not Orbos, um, Zerath Mortis, and you know they're like, "Hey, hey, go check, go go fly up there, go check it out." So I'm like, "Okay," so I was all excited, and I clicked on the button, and it gave me my options for what pieces I can, you know, use and convert and stuff. And I'm like, "Cool, I have this awesome cloak. I'm gonna do it, and it's great." And then I clicked the button and said, "Okay," and it changed the name to line up with my tier name. But I didn't get my four piece, so I feel like I did something wrong. I was gonna say, yeah, I don't think a cloak is a is a tier piece. So uh that's the that's the thing. I'm like, like does it have to be in the slot of like Yeah, I think it has to be one of the tier slots that makes it a tier oh. piece. So I think that's I think that's what happened there. Although I that's believe the cloak I believe the cloak is a pretty low Hello Libby, how you doing? Uh, like low cost for the cosmic flux. Well right. yeah, like it was low cost, but I I don't, I, 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 I could have done the helm, but I didn't have a helm readily available. And I was just, sure. I was too excited to quickly like get my four piece and log off so I can get here. And I didn't, I guess, because I didn't really read it. Well, next week, I, I had suppose, because uh, you get one a week for a while. Yep. Oops. Well, thankfully, my raid team already knows that I'm not in the right mind. So <laughs> they're not going to okay. hold against me if I don't go over the four piece. But at least it changed the stats of that cloak to my like best stats, so that's a plus, right? That is a plus. It's a plus. It's a crit master cloak now. It's fine. If it made it better, it made it better. So there you go. It actually looks kind of cool too. It's, I'm gonna actually wear it. I don't wear nice. cloaks often, so yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah. I'll what fix it, it next week. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you know, we down the jailer. We down the sausage and the little intro boss. That's basically trash. Uh, that's what it feels like. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and other than that, I have been working my absolute. Bute off. Yeah, it's uh, so you have been the, the, the question is, Jin, how are you? The answer is stressed, but stressed out. 
spring of work is driving me crazy. That's what's been, what's been happening. Having Works good at that. It is. I'm having to learn all sorts of new yeah. stuff that I never had to do before, but that's what happens when you get promoted and things like that. They're like, hey, you got to do all this stuff that like higher ups do. And I'm like, oh, I'm kind of a higher up now. So. Cool. I'll do it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> Boom. Learning. All right. So, yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> We're, I'm, I got nothing else in my room. You're learning. Yay. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's let's do let's do the half marathon countdown. Let's see. Next episode. I'll tell you about it next episode. Because, uh, the, oh, man, the next episode we record, that's going to be like four days away from the actual half marathon. It's going to be great. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So exciting. So, yeah, you're not going to hear how well I did, dear listeners, on the next episode. But the episode that comes out. Oh, my gosh. You're going to have to wait so long. I feel bad for y'all. Yeah, so long so, so long. long you're not gonna like hear about unless it unless you're in the discord and then you'll hear all about it uh, yeah, yeah. I'll totally did you see you. that smooth transition that was yeah, good right smooth. that was good that's so smooth yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean there's ways you can hear about it on the discord or on twitter because I'm definitely gonna post on twitter <laughs> well that too but I'm but, promoting yeah. discord shush shush happening shush, no no on twitter I don't, I don't, say actually, I don't write actually write on twitter <laughs> See, it's a Discord for a reason. That's true. I probably do talk more on Discord. I think I do. You do. Yeah. And we've all been following yours and Mrs. Jin's, you know, times and whatnot, because you've been posting your times and how just absolute badass you both are, and it's great. Yep. Looking forward to it. It's going to be great. But anyway, that's it for me. That's it. I want to I talk about this fine, fine beverage that uh, you have converted, like, 14 people at this point. I'm so <laughs> proud of it. So proud of it. <laughs> Because obviously, you can't have a fun Welcome Back Alley episode without the one and only Captain Morgan's private stock. So there we go. Mm-hmm. It makes me happy. And, you know, honestly. It is great. It makes me happy, too. You know yeah. why it makes me happy? Yeah. I'll tell why? you why it makes me happy. Because you know how you make why? that um, Captain Morgan's private stock? You pour it in a glass. <laughs> it makes me it happy. It is easy. That is true. That is very true. Blender not involved. Like some of these things, the pina coladas, boy, was that good, but that was some work. That was a lot of work. <laughs> There's a lot of ingredients, <laughs> and it was a whole thing. And that's the thing. Like, so we try really hard to match up our drinks, but I feel like as the show goes along, it, it could be a little tricky sometimes. Like, I do have an idea for our next show, so we'll talk about that later. But, um, you know, sometimes it's easier to get, you know, just the hard alcohols and not be particular on like brands and breweries and whatnot. But, that's a lot of work sometimes, so this is this is lovely. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so we made it nice and easy, nice and easy, nice and smooth, mm-hmm. just like private. So time. smooth, so smooth. So so don't mix it; it's bad. No mixing. Yeah, I mean, the, even the person in the cashiers they, when they were checking out, they're like, "Oh yeah, this is really it's good stuff," and I'm like, "Yes, it is good stuff." And they're like, "Yeah, I don't even mix anything with it." And I was like, "You'd be doing it wrong if you did." Exactly. Now I will I will say there are some people who prefer to put like one ice cube in there. I can accept that. That's all right. Yeah, one ice cube is fine. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna badmouth you if you do one ice cube like you like you pretended it's scotch or something like that. But no, it's not required. You can just drink at room temperature. Totally fine. It's true. It's true. Wow. Well that's good. And speaking of good. Yeah, like welcome back. You wanna talk about Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey. Hey, hi. I am back. Apparently <laughs> I could talk about Patreon now because I'm back. <laughs> Do you like supporting silly shows that talk about hobbies and interests that you were hopefully also into if you're listening to this? I'm hoping you are. 
If you find yourself talking back to us and telling us we're crazy or laughing at us or having to pull your car over to the side of the road to laugh at jokes, you know, if you've answered yes to any of those questions and you want to support things like that, then stay tuned until the end of the show to find out how you can keep this show and our very silly habits going. Yep. Gryffindors. Who puts a door on a griffin? (laughs) (laughs) That's weird. Anyway, let's go ahead and hop into a little bit of ABK news. What have they, what is the shenanigans? Shenanigans, I tell you. What are they up to? All right. So we got two quick pieces of news to cover on this episode. All right. I thought this was a fun one. Here we go. Verse being an odd mix of my two obsessions. Okay. Politics and gaming. It's always weird when the two collide, but today they did. Or like a week ago when this letter was actually sent. Uh, anyway, <laughs> four sitting senators, uh, my particular choice in the primaries, Elizabeth Warren. My second choice in the primaries, Bernie Sanders, <laughs> Sheldon Whitehouse. <laughs> yeah, I've heard the name. And Cory Booker from New Jersey. I know Cory Booker. How you doing? Uh, I don't actually know him. <laughs> I don't actually know Cory Booker. Booker's absolutely listening to this and he's going to respond to hey, you. Hey, Jen, how you doing? Man? How you doing, Jen? <laughs> What's up? You know, that is his uh, energy level. He's a great guy. Uh, all right, so they signed a letter to the FTC chairwoman, Lena Khan, indicating that they had concerns around the plans for Microsoft to acquire Activision Blizzard. The letter expresses their concern that the deal threatens worker-led demands for accountability over allegations of sexual misconduct and discrimination in Activision Blizzard. The promised merger has already impeded unionization efforts and undermined workers' calls for accountability, they wrote. Over 1,800 Activision Blizzard employees signed a letter calling for Mr. Kotick to step down from the organization. One of the union organizers, one of the union organizers, I can't talk today. One of the union (laughs) organizers' key demands. Got it out. Goodness, that was a tough one. Anyway, that article continued to explain how Kotick should be removed immediately and not wait around for 2023 merger to complete. And he certainly shouldn't be given any compensation for creating a culture like he did. So any thoughts on that one before we move on to the next article? I hadn't heard this yet, so I'm glad we're going over this. I love that they're speaking up. I love what they're calling for. Ultimately, I think I want Microsoft to be able to buy Activision Blizzard and help fix things. So I don't want anything to stand in the way of that. Having said that, I also would... More than that, I would like for the workers to be taken care of and for their you know demands to be met. And I don't want the Microsoft acquisition to, of them to threaten that. So I'm glad it's being spoken about because that needs to be addressed. Even, even if everything goes through, right? And we get to 2023, June or July, whenever it is. And it goes through, like there needs to be like set in stone transition plans in place who take care of these demands. Yeah, I completely agree. And I'd be fine with Bobby Kotick leaving before that happens because F Bobby Kotick. So that I do agree with that. And I would love for that to happen. Yep. Totally agree. And you're probably going to feel a little bit more of that F Bobby Kotick sentiment in just a second here. Cause all right. So the next article, it directly ties into the issues the letter was talking about. Lizard has recently made a good move. I would actually say it's a good move. Yeah. yeah Thumbs yeah. up. 
They converted over 1,000 QA, I believe it was actually right around 1,100 QA workers as full-time employees. Yay, right? Yay? Okay, yay, we'll, we'll say yay. But do you know who wasn't hired on as full-time employees? Mm-hmm. Well, the fact that I'm asking this should make the answer quite obvious. It was the workers at Raven Software that are awaiting their vote for the NLRB to decide if they would proceed with forming the first union in the company. Yeah, so to sum up a pretty lengthy article, Activision Blizzard did one good thing. Yeah, I mean, I small golf clap, right? Like, eh, taking care of some workers, but also at the same time doing a weird backhanded FU union busting move, basically. Yeah, and like I said, but simultaneously use that good thing as a cudgel to bust up the union efforts. So over um, uh, 1,100 QA employees are brought on as full-time, and get benefits, but oh, they can't change the wages of the Raven Software employees as it may impact the votes with the NLRB. Hmm, interesting. Right? So, well, I can't call giving over a thousand employees better wages and access to bonuses and benefits for the first time as a bad thing. The fact that they purposefully, at least in my opinion, purposefully excluded the Raven Software employees feels really wrong and just icky and will likely cause many of the Raven software still deciding, you know, if they're not really sure how to vote, whether yes union, no union, to oppose forming a union. So, thoughts on that? Wow. So, I have not actually read any of these articles. I read that it happened that the QA workers got, you know, full-time benefits and whatnot, and I was excited. And, you know, I'm like, okay, good, yay, steps in the right direction. And I didn't actually admittedly read any of the articles like I normally would. And I had no idea that that did not include the Raven people. What the actual F? Like, wow. Mm-hmm. That was my opinion. I was like... Wow. It's like a corporate high school move is what that feels like. It, it does. Like, like I, I, I hate to, like basically shit on like a, a genuinely good thing that they did because they really helped out like over 1100 people okay that's good but why didn't you extend that to people that are like like why didn't you give it to everyone like it's that's and yeah, it, it seemed like it was I, very purposeful basically they're like oh i can't do it matter of fact like with the little quote where i said that that they can't change the wages of the raven software employees as it may impact votes in lrb like that was actually blizzard or activision blizzard really um, that was a statement they put out about it. They're like, yeah, we didn't change it. It wasn't just, you know, the, you know, like, I think it was like The Verge or something like that where I got, where I read the article from. It wasn't just the, uh, the author speculating. No, they, they're like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't change their wages. We can't, we can't mess with it. They got a union vote coming up. Oh, no. Not doing it. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. That was kind of my thoughts on it as well. I, I, I feel like I lack the proper words to really express how st stupid. Just slimy. <laughs> like, right? <laughs> right? I, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I feel like if there was anyone on the fence at Raven, there is a good chance that they're going to be like, well, okay. Yeah. I vote yay. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's It, it feels like. This is used as, as, I think, in the legal profession, it's kind of a chilling effect, basically, where it's like, well, it's like, hey, had, had we just towed the company line, we'd have got the promotion and full, hired on full time, too, you know? And they're just thinking, like, maybe these uh, crazy Bobby 
what's his butt was right and if we just talk to our managers directly like we we could get better stuff and like you know what i mean like it just feels like this is just another thing that they can use against them and it just, just sucks it sucks whereas it there's could you, i mean we don't know for sure but there's a good chance i would think that if these raven employees hadn't stirred up as much as they did I don't know if ABK would be making this move in the first place. Oh, I, I, I kind of agree. Like if we want to, you know, like a spitball and theory craft, I, I, right, I yeah. actually totally agree. I, I think it was, this almost feels like a move just to, to help their PR, but at the same time, just like, <laughs> but at the same time, totally not because of people like you and me that pay attention to this crap. <laughs> you could put a pretty bow on some slime. And it's still slime. It is. It feels gross. That's what it feels like. But I mean, it's like, like I said, it's like, it's like, yay! You, you helped that eleven hundred people. Like, like I'm not. But just go that one more step. I don't even think the Raven Software is like that huge of a company. I think it's like, it's like maybe a hundred people. It's really not. That's the thing, right? <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Stupid. It's like, it's like one more step. Uh, Baby yeah. steps. Come on, you friggin' jerks. Anyway. Anyway, there you go. There's the there's the news uh, today for ABK. Uh, same old, same old. I'm just a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Anywho, speaking of same old, same old, a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let us talk about what we're talking about today. Yeah. What you talking yeah. about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you what you, what you talking about? Well. By the time this episode comes out, everyone should have had a chance to play through the final quest line revealing the fate of Sylvanas. Okay? But if you hadn't, I'd suggest give, taking yourself. You just go log into the game, finish it up. Come on. It's not it's not that long. Not that long. In fact, it's not really a quest line. You just talk to some people. No. And you see yeah. some stuff and you're done. Alright. Did you do it? Welcome back. Alright. Ah, so <laughs> today we'll be discussing the conclusion of the Shadowlands main story and a whole lot more that was released the same week. So, all right, let us dive in. Okay, so I decided to watch a YouTube video to read to kind of catalog exactly how the whole thing works. Someone just was like basically streaming and they just posted it up and I was like, thanks, buddy. Appreciate this. Thanks for this uh, YouTube <laughs> video so I didn't have to do it on an alt. All right. So, when you first log in, uh, in that week or whatever, you're presented with a quest to go speak to Bolvar. And you find out that the jailer was taken down. Yay, the jailer's dead. Good riddance. All right. Allowing you to see the end raid cinematic if you hadn't defeated them yet. There you go. All right. You're going to see nice. the end raid cinematic. Nice, yeah. No, no, no. Like, they stuck with that. I feel like that was a, well, there was a 9-1 thing. It was the first time they did that. Something like that. And I think that was a really great idea. Yeah, I agree. It's like, hey, all you people that don't raid. Um, there you go. That's what happens. It's in the game now. All right, check it out. So anyway, so that's what happens to be. All right. Immediately after that, you'll get a quest to assist Uther to escort Sylvanas to see Pelagos, you know, the Arbiter. When you arrive in Oribos, the game actually does a decent job of showing that hundreds of souls, 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 uh, you know, Including some dead eye, night elves, pretty angry horde members, um, have shown up to witness her judgment. And as you walk with uh, walk with them to see Pelagos, these souls yell and taunt along the way. So, 
So anyway, so what, what did you think of all this kind of like? I, I, was, I thought it was pretty cool when I logged in. It was like, ah, you suck. <laughs> I'm expecting. Yeah, I think it was it was really cool because I mean, all of those characters have reasons to be yelling at her and to be mad at her, and there's also various people in the community that are mad at her. And like, for example, what she did to the tree ruined the game for them. Yeah. And I think it was just a now granted, you know, Savannah's loyalist may not have liked that scene, but I think it was warranted and it made sense. And there was also a small part of me that wondered if there were some people on the writing team were really happy that her story is going to be over because in a way her story has driven the, the lore on the story for a while now. And, you know, as we've heard, there were some choices that may was made purely by Afrazi Abi and he's gone now and they're, they're tying up. So on the story now, at least for the time being. And I could, I would imagine that there's some writers at Blizzard who are ready for that. So I kind of wonder if that's also kind of represented at least what some of them are feeling not necessarily all of them, but I would imagine maybe a couple of people on the writing team. Yeah. All right. So wait, I got a little note in here. Yeah. To me, it felt a little bit like Blizzard was almost giving voice to some of the angry players as well. Yeah. Like like you kind of mentioned where, you know, Burning of Teldrassil like ruined the game for me. Because especially, this was the one that really stuck with me, was the, the Horde member saying, we trusted you and you betrayed us all. Yeah. Yeah. Angry orc. I was like, you suck. <laughs> All right. So, man, I really enjoyed this part. So, uh, once you make it to the top of Oromos, you see that the main covenant members are all gathered there, as well as most of the alliance and the horde leaders as well. You speak to Kelagos, Pelagos, and you kick out the cutscene. Now, before I press this button and we kick off the cutscene, I, I just, I just gotta know. Hey, Allie, are you a little bit like me? And did you run around and check out every single NPC that was there before you actually turned in the quest? Well, that's what I did. <laughs> of course. Okay. It's nice <laughs> to know that we are kindred spirits in the way that I was like, okay. Exactly. You're here? You're here? Exactly. Yeah, you got to see what's <laughs> up. And what, if anyone's thinking anything about it, I mean, it's kind of a big moment. You want to know things. Yeah, as I was running through the crowd, where's Malfurion? No, Malfurion. Malfurion wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't, no. No, he wasn't. Well, anyway, this is the scene that we're talking about. So here we go. Sylvanas Windworm, the time for your judgment is at hand. There can be no true justice without compassion. And I can see your deeds bear the mark of the Jailer's influence. An influence we failed to contain. The Jailer did not control me. My actions were mine alone. And I accept their consequences. Then you know in your heart to whom you must answer. I submit to the judgment. Of Tyrande Whisperer. Entrusting justice to your most fervent adversary. Are there any gathered here who object to this fate? So be it. 
What game do you play now, Banshee? The Sylvanas I hunted would never submit to the blade of her enemy. Death would be a merciful end to her. And I do not expect your mercy. Your newfound remorse might be genuine, but it can never erase all you have done. There will be no peace for you, Windrunner, until there is peace for the souls of your victims. The prisoner is in my charge now. Bring her! Wow. Right. So, what did you think about cutscene number one? I was rather pleased. I wasn't entirely sure how I wanted things to end and how I wanted things to go going into this. And having her answer to Tyrande make complete sense. And I thought that was great. I think, once again, as always, the voice acting beautiful you can feel those emotions you feel the rage you can feel Savannah's feelings a mixed bag of everything and I actually in that moment had a little more respect for Pelagos didn't know how Pelagos Arbiter Ar Arbiter Ghosts what everyone call him now what he was <laughs> going to think about Savannah's and judge Savannah's and how he's going to handle that so I thought his choice and his wording was fitting I'm like, oh, all right. Maybe Pelagos will make a good arbiter. And yeah, just that whole interchange between Toronto and Savannah was, that was really good right there. Yeah. And, and dear listener, there's one part of this cutscene that if you forgot about, well, I'll remind you, and obviously you couldn't see it because this was a visual only thing, which was when Pelagos was like, my witch is why we'll gather here today, right? And then it was like, if anyone objects to Toronto Whisperwind cutting off the head of this banshee, uh, please speak now or forever hold your peace. Anduin looked like he was like, no. <laughs> like he was like, moments away from saying something. Jaina looked like she was about to butt in and just be like, can I kill her? Can I? That's what Jaina looked like. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Thrall was just like, all right, can we just be done with this story already? Like, I'm done. So done with this story. Like, I left the horde and you just dragged me back. You know, thought I was out and then you dragged me back in. Right. <laughs> well, and it was really, and you know, we're not going to get into it, but and everyone, unless you've been under rock, knows. I don't want to do spoilers. <laughs> Basically, given some of the looks from the NPCs you just listen, listed, is kind of interesting after you read the Savannah's book. I kind of feel like they have a little more meaning in some of those looks after you read the book. Yeah, absolutely. That's next episode. Everybody. We'll, we'll, we'll get into the spoilerific territory next episode. <laughs> yes, I'm I am biting my tongue and being very careful. <laughs> yeah, let's just say, hey, remember when Andrew was going to say something? We'll talk about that next episode. Right. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Anywho, so... All right, what do I got here? What do I got here? Um, yeah, so to me, this felt like kind of the only... So I I, have, I put in the notes, only logical. I'm going to strike that. It's the only choice Blizzard could have made 
if they wanted to not piss everyone off. Yeah. Did yeah, they I piss agree. some people off? Maybe. I, I it's impossible to make everyone happy. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But honestly, like, like I think, you know, I'm a fan of, of Talias and Evans I know you're a little bit of a fan of Talias and Evans Yeah, yeah. It's just like, the fact that he didn't do, it was a shit show, obviously, on the forums is like, just... It, it, it was like, yeah, it was fine. Like, people were kind of like, okay with it. Was anyone happy? No. But I don't think anyone was going to be happy with the outcome of this. Unless right. there was a... There's like the small contingent that had Toronto just chop your head off would have been like, yeah! But like everyone else would have been pissed. Uh, and then, then, you know, at full redemption arc, there would have been like that small contingent of the Sylvanas loyalists would have been super happy. And everyone else would have been pissed. And I think right. this is the... It's fine. They walked it's the fine. line. And... F- for once, it actually went fairly well. Mm-hmm. Just like Johnny Cash, he walks the line, right? Exactly, exactly. You get it. Pelagos <laughs> walks the line, just like Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that the Nate Tyler show? Pelagos walks the line. Sure. Yeah, well, I like that. I like that. That's a good one. All right. So anyway, I, I particularly enjoyed this line, especially if you, just thinking about everything. When Savannah said, death would be, a, would be a merciful end to Rhonda, and I do not expect your mercy. Right, yeah. It's like, it's almost like a double meaning where it's like, I know you're not going to kill me. <laughs> because, same time, she also knows that when you're in the afterlives, and Steve Denuser has said, you don't go double dead. You never go double dead. Because if you go double dead, <laughs> you're gone. That's, that's when you're actually gone, gone. Okay? <laughs> so you never go double dead. So Toronto was like, I'm not going to make her double dead um, because I'm for her, in her case, like quadruple dead. <laughs> Whoever knows how many kids. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, she's not going so to completely end Toronto's existence because standing on the precipice of the, of you know, in Oribos, basically, standing where, where they're at, she knows what has happened to all the souls of the Night Elves, right? If they were still back on Azeroth, maybe death would be a a fitting end to, to Toronto where it's like she met the same fate as you know the the other night elves but now they now they know and they know that all those night elf souls that weren't rescued by our wield campaign because we know that there's still more down there are still down in the mall and that doesn't feel fair right if Sylvanisk is double dead gone oblivion embraced the void basically um yeah, that's 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 not fair. You don't want you don't want all of your people that she is the high priestess of to just be being tortured down there in the mall. And basically Sylvanas gets off scot free. So yeah, I I very much like the choice. And, and you'll we'll get into the next one, but I, I really like where it's like Pelagos was like, Hey, there's literally nothing that I could say that Toronto wouldn't do a better job of, so you're up, Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it felt good. I like I liked it. I like where they were going. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Alright, anything else? Or are we going to jump into the next little bit? Let's jump in. Alright. Well, we're not gonna jump into the second cutscene. No, no, no. No. We got because <laughs> again, remember how me and Allie were running around going, oh, who's in the audience? No, no, no. We had to talk to everyone before we turned into the next quest. No, so we talked to everyone. So the first thing. We talked to Savannah, so obviously we're going to talk to Savannah. And I pulled these from, you know, Wowhead, because I did not log into a Horde character, and I've never played a Horde Sylvanas loyalist, but I'll tell you what they said. Okay, so, if you talk to Sylvanas, me, 
Alright. This is what Savannah says. Ah, Jenny boy. You have little reason to listen to my words, but I have, but I offer them nonetheless. Nothing I can say or do can change what I have done. My judgment is at hand, and I accept whatever comes. In life, I fought to protect my home. It is good that Azeroth has you and your allies to defend her. Farewell. There you go. That's what she says to an alliance player. It's good. Yeah. Right? And I like that. I like what she said, because I was like, all right, this whole I got my soul back, or at least a chunk of it, felt like she was wrestling with her inner demons. I don't know, kind of came to grips that, yeah, kind of was a little arthasy. Yep. So I don't like that. In the words of Michael Scott, nope. Don't like that. Don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I feel like that's where she kind of fell. Where it's just like, well, I'm going to make any, I'm going to make any of this right. I'm going to do whatever Tarana says because she is in the best position to tell what we're going to do. So, right, what, what do you think of that one? I like it. I like it. All right. Well, you want to grab the yeah. next one? Savannah's Horde yes. Normal. Yes. <laughs> Keep in mind with this that neither of us are horde players. Horde normal. And so this n- name was was stuck in there. Yeah, this one's by fine. Jin it's the next the one that notes. you'll be offended by. <laughs> <laughs> so for horde normal, you're not not loyalists. It says, ah, lame-ass. Before I face the coming judgment, I would share words with you. I was recently reminded that we cannot change the past. If you choose to hate me for the things I've done, I could not blame you for it. But know this, we shared common cause once, and you have proven your dedication to the Horde time and again. I hope you will continue to defend it, no matter what may come. Yeah, this is good, but this feels a little bit more like standard. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like the Alliance one a little better, just because she's like, hey, I know you hate me right now, for good for lots of reasons. So, uh, hey, you keep doing you. And I'm going to do whatever this Toronto lady's going to make me do. Well, it's also a, a slight nod to um, the book as well. Yeah. I fought to protect my home. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, um, like a lot of people have already talked about, a lot of content creators, they've, they've really kind of nailed down. Like, it's like, wow, no wonder they had the book come out on this date because <laughs> it was like. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, yeah, we will discuss the book. Oh, we'll get there. Next episode. <laughs> we don't want to ruin anything because. We're giving it lots of time, lots of lots of lots of air to breathe, lots of time to ruminate because we want to make sure that all everyone that's, that listens to the show can finish the book because we're going to spoil the absolute crap out of that. And well, it's a book. I don't want to read a book on anybody. I want to be one of those jerks that says Snape kills Dumbledore. That's just rude, right? Exactly. That's rude. All right. So the next quote from Sylvanas, <laughs> and I have here the Horde Psycho. All right. Savannah's <laughs> loyalist. All right. And Savannah starts out by saying, Andy Wilkes, you know, from the movie Misery, right? Kathy Bates, right? Andy Wilkes. Yep. All right. It is fitting that we sh- <laughs> It is fitting that we share a few final words here as I stand upon the precipice of judgment. You have shown me loyalty time and time again, even when others spurned you for it. Mm-hmm. The community made fun of you, like I'm doing now. even when my own actions did not merit such dedication see even she said so shake my head shake my head all right uh (laughs) libby agrees libby agrees with me all right i am not certain what fate awaits me 
But if one day I have need of trusted allies, I know that I can call upon you. Yeah. Yes, you can, Sylvanas. They will come a running. <laughs> it's true. I have seen Twitter. They will come a running. <laughs> yeah, this one was very much like, to me, I read it as, yep, Sylvanas loyalist. You get the nod. Like, yep, you uh, you're there with me right along. You know, ride or die. <laughs> she, they were with her to the end. But hmm. I like I like the fact that she said, even when my own actions did not merit such dedication. <laughs> well, because she knows what, you know, that side of her has done now and she has to deal with it. And this is her dealing with it. Yeah. But I was I was really happy for the loyalists because to get that nod, to not get that nod would have been bad. It would have felt bad. You know, for example, why the bleep do I still have the eyeball on my forehead in BFA? Because I still have the damn thing and they haven't done anything with it yet. So, you know, to get that nod as to like, Two hey, you chose this for a reason. Two more. Shh, coming. Shh, no. Shh, no. <laughs> but for those players, to get that nod, you know, kind of a... I don't know if it's exactly the payoff they would have liked, but at least it's a nod. It's better than nothing, and I think it's important that Blizzard put that in. Big Libby right there. She's been crazy. <laughs> what is she doing? She's sitting on a bookshelf. bookshelf. She's I'm, a, I'm book. She's like, I'm a bookshelf. Don't pay attention to me. Shh, shh. You know, she, she's like being really still, too. Oh, mm. there she moved. Okay, yeah, just kidding. A, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bookend. Look at me. <laughs> All right. Well, did you think we were just going to talk about Savannah's? No, no. That's the that's the lame way out. No, we got lots to talk about. And yeah. I, and I wasn't able to pull these from friggin' Wowhead. I just grabbed them right from the game while I was playing through it. You damn right I did. <laughs> right. Smart, smart. All right. So, which one you want? You want Alaria or Verisa? You can have either one. I'll take Alaria. Go for void thing. Why not? As I fought demons for centuries across the twisting nether, I clung to the hope that I would one day hold my son again and stand beside my sisters once more. I could never have imagined the fate that befell Savannah's or the monstrous choices she would make thereafter. Verisa desperately hopes that the return of her soul fragment means that our sister has been returned to us. I am less certain, but I have learned to be patient. I will be watching. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like I like this line because it kind of goes into one where she says, "I've learned to be patient because just listen to a thousand years of war." She's been very patient because she got locked very out. patient. Yeah, zero. And the whole you know f- the whole fighting demons for centuries. You'd have to be yeah, a little, yeah. little patient. A thousand years of war. That's <laughs> one thing to be patient, but no, there was a point in that where she was locked up for like five hundred years or something because she right. just tempted to dabble in the void. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Zira. Jerk. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway. Um, and I also like the, the little nod where it says, uh, Verisa definitely hopes that the return of her soul fragment means that our sister has been returned to us because it feels like almost a nod to the folk of fairy tale. Right? Yeah. Which is the like, Yeah, oh. yeah. I was going to say the Svanus book, but yeah, I can definitely see the folk of fairy tale for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Even more so. Too. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Verisa and Savannah's relationship uh, <laughs> next time. Man, I feel bad. I, just feel bad. I was like, damn. Damn, reason. Alright. 
Love those spoilers. <laughs> Set those aside. All right. Okay, so Vare- this is what Varisa said. After witnessing Sylvanas' deed during the war, I feared that the last vestiges of the sister I knew was gone forever. But when I heard that what transpired here in the Shadowlands, I had to come and see for myself. Proof, there's portals. You just showed up. Because she hasn't been there the whole time. I'd understand <laughs> if you, th- you thought me a fool for still having hope, but I have lost so many that I love. If there is even a chance that a spark of Sylvanas I knew has returned, then I refuse to give up on her. There you go. Kind of goes right with what Larry was saying. This is this has got, honestly, in my opinion, two book tie-ins. Because it's... Yeah? I've lost so much. You know, Tides of War. Lost her husband. Uh, and also, the Sylvanas novel is the obvious tie-in, too, because... There was there was lots of loss in that in that book. So, uh, get your tissue box ready with uh, things like that uh, affect you. Unless your name's Manny, then it's not gonna affect you. I'll be honest. Only one part in the, in the book where I was I was feeling a little a little misty, but uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, yeah. So what did you think of Arisa here? I thought it was very Arisa. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it, it was good. It made total sense. I'm, I'm glad for hers and Illyria's sake that they actually were able to get to Shadowlands and see this play out. Because I feel like for them themselves, that's that was important to see yeah. and to be a part of, at least witness. Yeah, there is one line that I did not grab from um, uh, the files where. You didn't get a lot too much. I feel like we're not missing anything by not throwing it in here. But basically, it was when you approached, um, you know, to Sylvanas, Illyria, and Varisa, they had a little quick exchange where she's like, There's, We have no dependent any time. Right. And Sylvanas is like, Yep, but judgment is at hand. So, anyway, that's kind of where you are, are in there. And it just kind of throws it in. Now, I want you to go, go go ahead and read the next one because this is, in my opinion, the most interesting addition that I was not expecting to be there in attendance. So, my goodness, who is this? That'd be that'd be my shadow song, right? Yeah, right. Like, yeah. What are you doing yeah. here? I mean, makes sense, I guess. Okay, okay. <laughs> so Mayev says, "Do you believe this to be justice, warrior?" That Sylvanas be allowed to endure after slaughtering countless innocents? There was a time when rage clouded my vision, and I turned my glaive against my own people. And after my beloved comrade, Sira, was struck down and raised into undeath, she unleashed her hatred against us. By rights, both our lives were forfeit, yet I was given a chance to mend that which I had sought to tear asunder. Not for my sake, but for those whom I had wronged. I pray Sira may receive that chance as well. As for Sylvanas, I do not know if this justice. I do not know if this is justice, but I believe that it is right. Yeah. Maya have uh, apparently been taking some philosophy 101 classes or something. She's probably uh, trying to take an ethics course or something, trying to figure out what's going on. That's what it feels like. Especially after the mess she made in the friggin' Wolfheart novel. Good lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, by the way, where she's like, I turned my glaive on my own people. That is a Wolfheart novel. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like there's been a few times when rage has clouded her vision, not just in Wolfheart. So, 
I think it shows a little bit of growth of character that she's acknowledging and recognizing that. Yeah. Maiev and Taronda and all these characters that have been literally around for 10,000 plus years. It's just, it's really interesting because I personally don't know how you write a character that is that old because I look at myself like I'm, I'm currently as of today, 37. It's not my birthday. It's just, I just said that that way, whatever. <laughs> and I, I think of myself as at 27, just 10 years ago, not 10,000 years ago. Right. I mean, this is like the, the Maiev today versus the Maiev when she got first put in charge of being the jailer of Illidan. That's got to be a completely different person. Like, that's just, that's just weird to me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but I don't know. I mean, to, to, to do that kind of writing, it feels like they just, they, they kind of just assume these ridiculous amount of times of just character stagnation because. That's kind of what you have to do when you write a character that's 10,000 plus years old. But. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, no, I, I was super. I wasn't shocked to see Jemaya there, but I was a little surprised. I was like, man, what are you doing here? She's like, I guess he's like putting people in jail. So she's like, ah, I'm in jail. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she was hoping she'd get a new job. I mean, yeah, that's true. It's true. Illidan is uh, not currently uh, being guarded by Aphma, so maybe, uh, maybe she was in the in the market for a new gig. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe she's. It would have been funny. It's like, Mav. Oh, <gasps> <laughs> you're up. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, anyway, so next up this is the next one that I spoke to was Chandra's Feathermoon. Sandy D herself. All right, the Kaldori, those who burned as well as those who survived, have long awaited this moment. Players themselves, players of Night Elves, to know that the Banshee will be made to answer for all she has done. Many call for her head. True. Some still do. True. (laughs) (laughs) And I doubt that anything less will satisfy them. Also true. Very observant, uh, Sandra's, but you know, that is your character. But Sylvana spoke true when she said death would be a mercy. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. And if she can spare souls from the torment of the maw, then perhaps her penance will prove more valuable than her execution. Yeah. And we haven't got there yet. We haven't, we haven't actually watched the, uh, or listened. We're going to listen. We're going to watch, listen, whatever. Uh, to the next cutscene. But yeah, that is that's pretty much what we're getting at. And, and Chandra's is, is right. I think she's, I think she's onto something. She basically is like, yeah, I just, Killing her doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right. What do you? I mean, what do you? I agree. I mean, she says right there. I doubt that anything less will satisfy them than you know, her head. And that's true. Like there's some, you know, like we're saying, we're you know, they can't please everyone. And while this seems to be the best ending to please the most people and to really do right by her character and story as honest as that is, it there's still people who aren't going to be happy that she's not being decapitated right now. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Andrus is a smart, smart cookie. That one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so what does Thrall have to say? Thrall said. Well, first off, I'm not going to be able to do Thrall's voice. <laughs> so I'm a little, I'm a little different. <laughs> I thought originally about trying, but that's just going to be a hot mess. When Savannah sent her Mossworn to capture me, all I wanted was to escape. 
to leave the Shadowlands behind and return to my home, my family. And yet, this journey has taught me so much about my mother, about myself, and about the legacy we all leave behind. This was not the path I would have chosen, but perhaps it was the path I needed to walk. Very zen kind of outlook of their thrall. I like it. It's good. It's very thrall. Yeah. Very thrall. He's like, I wouldn't have chose it. Kind of sucked, but I needed it. Yeah. Yep. Felt a little like uh, in a strange sort of way that I'm, I'm rereading it and listening to it. It's like, yeah, it feels a little illidany where it's like, I am my scars. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. I can see that. Where it's, it's like, he's like, hey, um, because, yeah, if you, if you think about it, like zero, where it's like, your scars are real. Ah. The all like, yeah, but if you just take away my scars, it's, you take away who I am. Right? I had to walk this path. I had to go through the torment of Torgas to also learn, you know, you know, who my mother really was. Because, you know, the alternate universe, Draenor, it probably never really felt right when he was like, when he met her. Probably not. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're my mom. Not really. <laughs> right. But by actually meeting the Draka that gave birth to him felt, you know, more real way to him. Yeah. So, oh, it, it's interesting to see where Thrall's going. And, and, you know, I'm curious to see if they're going to keep him around in the story. Well, I'll just say the fact that they stuck the Doomhammer armor on him again, I feel like he might be sticking around for a little while. Especially since he's on that old like council thing. Yeah. I mean, I was starting to think they were going to bench him. But yeah, that's true. They went through the you know effort to update him and everything. We'll have to see what happens. It'll be interesting. I mean, they are bringing Zalatath back. Maybe they'll give him the Doomhammer back. It is the thing. I mean, Zalatath popped up in BFA and all the shadow priests were like, wait, what? That's in my bank. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you had to go run and check it real quick. You're like, oh, it's still there. Oh, scare me. <laughs> I have a transmogged into that, hoping for just some kind of line, some kind of new little, like, little carrot on a stick. Mm hmm. Yeah. And there, there has been, I think. There was one that I thought was new, and then it just mm-hmm. was, was heard less frequently. I was going to say that. I was like, Alec was so excited one day. Oh my god, this is new! <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, that probably is new. I like, oh, sorry, it's not new. So I discovered like some like secret thing that like no one was talking about yet, and it felt really cool. And I thought I was like awesome, and it was a whole thing. It's not a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Friggin' fact checking, Jin, bastard! <laughs> Damn you! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of, I can't do their voice. Lothamar. <laughs> so this is what Lothamar said. We Sindora are no strangers to suffering and tragedy. I have seen my people massacred, my kingdom razed, and all I revere defiled. When Silvermoon at last rejoined the world, it was Sylvanas who extended her hand and welcomed us in the fort. Those days are long behind us now. The devastation and loss inflicted upon Azeroth by the Banshee Queen is nigh incalculable. The knowledge that I stood by while so much of it happened still haunts me. Perhaps in the end, Judgment will come for me as well. Feels like he's feeling a little guilty. Which makes sense. Kind of does. Kind of does. I kind of feel like Lorthmar might take more of a role in the forefront in the next expansion. Yeah. 
Um, we're not going to get into it today. I think they're setting him up. For, there's, a, I mean, not just the book, but even like in the game. Like, I think yeah. they're slowly setting him up for it. I was going to say we're not going to get into it today, but there is a quest line in nine point two point five on the PTR right now that you can play through. We're not going to tell you what it is. Oh yeah, I I don't even know what that is. So, <laughs> but it's blood elf related, and that's all I'm going to say. So there you go. So I I completely agree. There is going to be some blood elf goodness. Um. Hey, by the time you're listening to this episode, folks, we will know what the expand next expansion is. I'm just saying. So, oh goodness, oh. That's, that's a whole thing. So it's that's, that's a whole thing, guys. It's gonna be interesting. <laughs> so yeah, we're recording this on the 12th, but you're gonna listen to this on the 19th, unless you're patron. Hey, patrons. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a thing. So I, I have a feeling that they are absolutely setting up uh, Mr. Wolfamara to be center stage, or at least. Now, if not an A character, at least a B character, because he has been very much like just background extras for a long time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You want to. All right. Speaking of we can't do the right voices, probably we should probably almost switched who was doing what character because. I mean, we can switch if you want. Nah, you get Uther. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. As I hit my desk. The tux I am to do with her hair, I'm just going to hit my desk. In life, Savannah's Windrunner served. I can't do it. <laughs> well I was met. literally gonna try to do it. I can't. I can't like with a straight face get the whole thing. Anyways, in life, Savannah's Windrunner served as Ranger General of Silvermoon. If you told her then of the atrocities she would commit and undeath, she wouldn't have believed you. We all sometimes harbor darkness in our hearts. I nearly succumbed to mine, but what I did to Arthas could have become the first step on a path to damnation. Yet, from understanding flows compassion, and compassion can save us from any darkness. It is an ideal to which we must all aspire, though we must never forget that does not come easily. Damn! Uther speaking the truth. Look at that. That's some good stuff right there. He's speaking the truth and he's being very vulnerable about his own feelings. Yeah, he is. I really, really liked uh, Uther's little... Thing here where it basically says compassion can save us from any darkness right because eh, sometimes even though you really 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 don't like this is talking about just real life too you don't want to show compassion to someone who has wronged you but in this in a way that's almost the only way you can fix things i don't know true it and like on the other side of that like for someone who is in darkness when they're shown compassion, it can save them. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Compassion. It's, it's good. It's Uther is, hey, he was going down the wrong path, but hey, he's speaking the truth now. All right. Yep, yep. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up these little NPC little quotes here. Really, don't worry. We got a lot more NPC quotes to get through, but uh, we're not going to be reading them. We're going to be listening to them. No, 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 no. So we're going to wrap this up with Taronda. Taronda. As the banshee tore a gaping wound in the soul of my people. She set our home aflame and sent countless Eldori to the monk. Whatever judgment the Arbiter hands down can never balance the scales. Nothing he can do or say will ever be enough. There you go. That's what Toronto thought. And again, that was before yep. Arbidigos goes to, you know, have have him answer have Savannah's answer to Toronto. Mm-hmm. We got some more Taronda and just coming up in just a second here. So, um, yeah. Give me anything else to say before we jump into cutscene number two, basically. 
No, not really in anything specific. I just really like that they take this time to add in this flavor. You know, for some who don't care about the lore or the story or whatever, they probably don't take t- the time to really enjoy these. But I can't tell you how many times in past expansions, you know, when there's multiple NPCs around, I wonder, what is that character thinking about this? What is that character thinking about this? What is that? So it's nice that they're actually taking the time to tell us what these characters are thinking about it because they've spent so much time, so much time developing these characters and we've spent time ourselves with these characters. So I love that we get this personal connection with them in regards to what is happening. Yeah. I think the first time that I really felt like they did a decent job of this was, I want to say it was 8.2.5 with the Makara. Basically following the Makara between... Yeah. Yeah. Between I agree. And Sylvanas, they had a lot of like NPCs standing around where you could just just sit and listen and they would chat. And I think one of the ones that was my favorite was Thalysra, I believe. Uh, Thalysra, right? Uh, the night yeah. one. Where she was like, I ain't never seen any magic like that. I talked about, talk about Sylvanas. So, um, but anyway, enough of 8.2.5. Let's talk about 9.2. <laughs> With... This uh, second cutscene. So let's we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and listen to the second cutscene, and then we'll talk about it. Below lies the law, an unjust fate to which you doomed so many, and it will be there that your penance begins. Every soul lost in its depths, betrayed, or condemned. You shall find and send forth to the Arbiter to be judged with the compassion all souls deserve. You will toil there under Dorotha's watchful eye, scouring every darkened reach until the final soul is free and you This is how you shall bring renewal to your victims and my people. However long it takes, it shall be done. Undo Falador, old friend. Watch her well. Yeah, that was a little bit that you listened to if you hadn't seen it, which you probably have. That was just her jumping into the mall. I love that she jumped into the mall because every time I go into the mall, I also jump into the mall. Although I don't do a cool dive like she does. Yeah, I wish but in my mind I am diving. So mm-hmm. yeah, I totally in my mind I'm doing a swan dive, but she she rocks it. Yeah, there's a part of me that's like, don't you know that you're supposed to do like the the superhero pose, like in Deadpool. Superhero pose, really bad on the <laughs> knees, but that's what you got to do. Because if you do a swan dive, you're just gonna face plant into the mall. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. Well, you do a little flippy flip at the end. She's well, an elf. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's true. Should I do a flip, flippy flip? That's cool. 
She's very agile that way. All right. Well, besides doing a flippy flip into the mall, <laughs> what did you actually think about the quote unquote punishment that, uh, you know, Sylvanas was, was given? I think this was the best way to handle it. You know, it's still not necessarily, you know, a redemption arc. At least I, I wouldn't call it that it, a full redemption arc. I will say. But basically yeah. she's, she's having to atone for what she did. And I think this was probably the best way to do it. And maybe she'll find a Thanos again in the mall. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is this a, a redemption arc? No. No. Not yet, anyways. I mean, we don't. Yeah, exactly. Like we might find in, in you know a couple expansions. We have to go back and visit her because we need her for this, that, and the other. And we find out maybe her clearing out the maw and sending all the night elf souls to you know better places. You know, maybe the night elves will forgive her. I, I don't know. We don't know. So we'll see, I guess. Yeah. I, I'm not going to pretend that I know what that would feel like. But I mean, yeah, it's 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 hard to, to know in this. But it does feel like this was the kind of like I was alluding to at the, at the beginning. This was definitely the best option that Blizzard had on the table. Absolutely. So it's like... And in a weird sort of way, I think I almost kind of like predicted that this is what's going to happen. <laughs> I didn't get everything right, but it was pretty close. I I didn't predict it. I had no idea how to end her story. Really yeah. didn't. So this is this is good. This feels good. Out of all the possible options, I think this one feels the best. Yeah. I definitely did not predict the owl going down with her. So... Dorothy, no. whatever. That's that's what she said. That under right. Dorothy's watcher, watchful eye. That's surrounded. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I liked it. Um, and, oh, let's, let's, so man, I, I got I got a little philosophical in my notes here. Or, I don't know. You never. What? Never. I'm philosophical. I don't. I don't know where I got here. <laughs> nerdy. I'll just say I got a little nerdy with my notes here. So this this is my opinion. So the punishment that was passed down on Sylvanas feels like a conscious choice of the writers to show Tarana's choice of renewal over vengeance. Because remember the cutscene where it's like, you can choose vengeance or renewal. Right? That was the Elune and the Winter Queen kind of cutscene. So that was that was her choice. So this is an example of restorative justice versus retributive justice. Okay, you're like, okay there, Jim, you big freaking words. Yeah, yeah, let's explain. So, had the choice been to simply kill Sylvanas, that wouldn't right any of the wrongs that she had committed. And it's why it would have been retributive justice. It wouldn't require Sylvanas to accept responsibility. It wouldn't require to address the needs of those that had been hurt by her actions. Like, she, Sylvanas would not have, didn't have to admit anything. She wouldn't have had to say anything. She's like, ah, oh, it's a thing she can right? If she didn't do this whole thing, this would have took her head off. That would have been retributive justice. That is basically, we are going to punish you because you did a wrong. Not going to fix anything. It's probably not even going to make us feel better. But deep down, we feel like someone's going to pay. And it's going to be you. That's retributive justice. Okay. So the choice of having her rescue every last remaining soul from the mall until she is the last one remaining means that she has to give those souls what was denied them. A chance to be sent to the proper afterlife. That is restorative justice is basically saying that okay you did a wrong how can we fix it it's it's really the main thing 
especially, especially, and, and we'll get into this a little bit more with the uh, the next voice line we're going to listen to, which is from Toronto, where Toronto, I think, kind of muses on that a little bit, too, where she's like, I was going to chop her head off, but I'm kind of glad I didn't. <laughs> because it means that by not killing Sylvanas, it gives a chance of redemption for everyone else that's still stuck in the mob. Yes, everyone. That's everyone, right? Like, not just Night of Souls, but we're, we're thinking that's everyone, right? Yeah, I mean, Toronto says, until yeah. you were the last soul last remaining. Last one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the very first line is, uh, below lies the maw, an unjust fate for any soul. Right? She said, like, it's not, it's not right for anything. Which just begs the question, why is that the default option? We're not going to know in this expansion, obviously. Three, four down the line. I don't know if we're ever going to know. I don't know if we're ever going to know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to know, but it just seemed like the first ones created a system and they're like, that's messed up. Let's put Oribos in a thing to not do that. All right. It's almost like a, let's fix the problem. <laughs> Oribos and a thing. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that was my, my kind of thing. It just felt like Everyone, including the community, a lot of them, was just like, just kill our men. Just, just be done with it. We're done. We're done. Right? No more. No more Solana. And here is where I'm going to bring the mood down a little bit. Just a little bit for all you people that just said, just kill her already. Here's, all right. You ready for this? She's coming back, probably. I almost guarantee. At some point, there's going to be a quest where we have to go talk to her about someone or something, or we have to find a particular soul to get information about a certain thing, and so we have to get her to help us or... Something. Hey, you want you want to get really depressed? Okay, this is not this is not a you know, not going to tell you anything about the book, but there is one line, just one. It says time works different in the Shadowlands. They wanted to do it. It could be next expansion. <laughs> I don't True. think it's going to be True. next expansion. I don't think it's going to be next. Well, but they could. <laughs> they could. Hmm. Without spoilers, they could, based on the very, very, very end of the Savannah's book. Mm-hmm. They could. Do I think they're going? No, I do not think they're going to do it next expansion. I think that is a mm-hmm. 11.0 possible. Maybe. I think it's 11.0. I, you and I know both know what we're talking about. Yeah. We'll see. No. We'll see. Yeah, okay. 10.3, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Good 11.0. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So that's the thing. So, hey, Savannah's is doing some bad stuff. Hey, we're going to go ahead and fix all of the wrongs you shit. Fix them. Especially if you consider the fact that that's eternity. Regardless of how long they were down there in the mall. I know it probably feels like a really long time. It sucks. It's going to be trauma. It's bad. But they're going to go ahead and at least send them off to the eternity that they deserve. Okay. That's it. So, at least that will be done. And possibly you fix a whole bunch of other freaking souls that went to the mall for no reason. Like, uh, technically Arthas, even if it's just a, he's just like a nothing, right? Still, no, because don't, don't get me started on that. He's still kind of He's done. Right? He's gone. No, he's gone. He's still kind of there. Because that is, that 
freaking fracking wisp form of him is the only thing that remains. And she bit it bye bye like it was nothing, and it's gone. Well, don't even tease me like that. Well, maybe, don't even. Maybe the little wisp. No. Maybe the little wisp Shush. is down in the maw, and she's like, "Hey, go art this." No, it's dead, dead now. Don't get, mm, don't even put that in front of me. Because originally I was fine with him being gone and dead because we killed him and his story was done. And then Blizzard's like, no, Allie, here's some more. Ah, ha, ha, we have some more for you. And then they ended it like that. And I'm still bitter. So don't you dare do it again. Where you're going to, you're, Jen's all here like, hey, Allie, maybe she'll find Arthas again. No, don't even. Maybe she'll find the little boy, Arthas. I'm just saying. Maybe it'd be like a little boy. No, <laughs> stop it. No, Jen. You never know. Horrible right. man, you. Yeah. Good drink now. Keep reading. So little left. I need more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Do you have anything else to chime in on that before we jump into our other no because i'm all riled up now you're all riled Move up all right let's Toronto. let toronto <laughs> bring you down all right let's bring it down will she though will down. she well, probably all right toronto let's hear she it. gets riled up too it's fine well we're gonna see what she does the banshee's penance will save countless lost souls a fate that would not have come to pass had i slain her in ardenweald Perhaps that is why Mother Moon stayed my hand. I thank you for your aid. Soon I must return to Azeroth to begin healing the Kaldori and preserving our future. Okay, just so you know, if you're a Horde player, that's not what she said to you. She said something slightly different, but it was basically like, you're a butthead, I'm, I'm out of here. The beginning stuff was all the same. It was just that last little bit. Okay, the, the last little bit where she's like, I gotta go back to Azeroth. I just kept it, the Alliance one, because that's the more important of the two. She got a little salty <laughs> with the horn. <laughs> so, opinions, right? So this kind of goes back to where my little, like, restorative versus res- retributive justice, right? I feel like I feel like Toronto was like, I think Alune was on to something. Yeah. She just felt like there was... And this kind of goes to... God, I think... It, I actually looked it up. It was like episode. It was like episode twenty six or twenty seven or something like that, where I was like, "I think Loon knows what she's talking about." I didn't. Get, just so you know, everybody, <laughs> I looked it up. I did not get it right. I listened to what I said. It was not right. <laughs> it's close, but it wasn't right. Not giving myself any credit. Uh, but yeah, it just felt like the reason that Loon was like, "No more night warrior powers for you." Was <laughs> She's like, yeah, don't kill Savannah yet. She's got a, she's got a role to play. She's got a role to play in this. Thoughts? What are, you, what are you thinking? I think it's good. I think that you know, there's oftentimes that Tron is asked, or wondered, or questioned a loon, what loon loon is up to. You know, how can a loon let all those souls die? We've gotten some answers. Yep. You know, how? Why did a loon leave Toronto? We've gotten some answers. You know, some. In some ways, it kind of gives us, at least in my mind, a little bit of an idea of how much of an all-knowing, higher being a loon is. Yeah. It in a way. Feels more appropriate than the Jailer, too. It's like, yeah, it's a loon. We get it. She's a goddess. And the Jailer right. was just like, who's this guy? <laughs> well, and also, it makes me more curious about a loon because did a loon know that this is exactly how it was going to go? 
I so I, I kind of went back. Like I said, I, I, I literally I was I, right. I was ready to give myself a pat on the back. I'm not giving myself a pat. On the back. <laughs> I went to go listen to what we said about that cutscene. We were definitely off. At least I was. Uh, I don't. I know I was. I was paying attention to myself. So I was like, oh, I got my hand ready. Pat on the back. No, didn't happen. Because <laughs> I was thinking that Elune knew what was going on, but the cutscene later confirmed that Elune didn't know about the drought, right? So that was off. Right. Right. Um, but we also. I also was like, Elune probably feels like Sylvanas has a role to play. You know, she. So I was kind of right in that. Sylvanas was going to go to the mall and, and rescue the souls. So I was a little bit there. But it wasn't so much that Tyrande was going to be the one passing down to judgment or anything along those lines. So, eh, you know, again, in a roundabout kind of way, I kind of got there. But it felt like Elune, once she learned from, once Elune got the the little touch base, little sync up with the uh, old, old uh, Winter Queen. She's like, oh, okay, um, yeah, the Maw's a bad place. I know about that. That's that's bad. That's bad. And I accidentally sent all my souls, all my, uh, all the souls to the Maw. That's not good. I'm going to need someone to go get them. Hey, Tyrande, I don't want you to go get them. That's, that feels rude. Like, I'm not going to, I wouldn't put that on you. I know you'd say yes if I asked you. <laughs> I'm not going to put that on you. I'm going to go ahead and have you delegate that task. So that's probably what. He's like, yeah, go ahead and Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how that's how I took it. And I think Toronto's like oh, onto it. She's like, yeah. I like to tell everyone all the time, but sometimes I forget myself. I have to remind myself that Mother Moon knows what she's talking about. So there it is. There we go. Yeah. So I got real pissed at her when uh, Loon took the power away and you know Savannah was doing the nana nana boo-boo in my face. That didn't feel good. I didn't feel good at all. <laughs> But, uh, hey, um, it all worked out in the end. It all worked out in the end. So, uh, so Mama yeah. knows best. Mama knows best. All right. Anything else on the Toronto line before we jump into Varisa and Illyria? Let's jump swan dive fashion. We're swan diving into Varisa and Illyria. Have a good chat. Here we go. For so long there had been little more than hatred and malice in our sister's eyes. To at last see a glimmer of the Sylvanas we knew... I had ceased hoping for such a thing. I am pleased we had a chance to speak with her, Varisa. I only wish we'd had more time. As do I. But if she stays true to her word and sees this obligation through, perhaps one day we will. It will never be like it was before. The pain she inflicted upon the Kaldori, upon the world... How could she ever answer for it? I'm not certain she can. But if her penance brings any measure of peace to those she wronged, at least it is a start. You are right, Lady Sun. Our family has endured so much darkness. We must find a way to cling to hope. Yes, Little Moon. Mother. Father. Lyrith. They are only memories. We thought our sister was as well. But now, we shall see. <laughs> I just gotta say, I find it a little funny that they still call Illyria Lady Sun 
Which is already really good. <laughs> well, yes, but in that moment, Risa was thinking more of the family and their past. Yes. Book goodness. And that part of the book was really good. <laughs> it was. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think I really have much to add to that other than I just really enjoyed the very strong book tie-in where the two characters that they weren't the primary the main kind of thing and and this isn't a spoiler i'll just say that varisa in the book was always portrayed as the peacekeeper who's the one that was always like stop fighting stop fighting right she's the peacekeeper right and illyria was she was the one that always wanted to kind of go off on her own so she she was the one that was like you know there is more to the world out there than what we've seen and that there was always that the tension there and it was Verisa that kind of was like always bringing it down like hey guys I'm in your family it's good fuck and it, yeah and again we'll get more into that next episode because I feel like I was, I was verging on like a little too much so but, but dial it back a little bit and just say this just felt like a fantastic they brought a little bit of the book into the game, which which felt really nice. It really is because you, even if you haven't read the book, first off, you you really should. But <laughs> it's one of those things that if you really pay attention to the lines and and you know how they're said and everything, but you really get a glimpse into the love between these sisters. You know that even despite everything that Savannah did. They still had these reactions, you know, they still cherished that brief moment with her and still recognize that, yes, yeah, she did this horrible thing, but she's still our sister and we still love her, you know, really speaks volumes as to their relationship between the three of them. Yeah, pretty fantastic. I really, I, I really like that little, little uh, stay. I was really thing. glad that I was, I was just so glad to see them and so glad they brought them into the Shadowlands for this. It was good. Yeah. Speaking of someone, I was glad that they brought into the Shadowlands even for yeah. just a moment. <laughs> Let's talk about Mr. <laughs> himself. My king. Uh, yeah. Gen Greyman. Now, this is the Gen and Lothramar one, though. This, we're going to do the Gen and Anduin for, first here. So, there's a bit of book stuff in here. No spoilers. I can't tell you how relieved I am to see you safe, my king. Even after reading Jaina's reports, I can scarcely imagine the horrors you endured. There were times I thought I would never escape the Jailer's control. The things he made me do. Those actions were not your fault. You cannot blame yourself. I... I should have been stronger. And when Rin, you are the strongest man I know. And when you return to Stormwind, the whole kingdom will tell you the same. I can't go back, Ken. Not yet. But the people need... Terralian will keep the Alliance safe in my absence. And I know you watch over everyone we care about. <laughs> Old Wolf. Of course. Take whatever time you need. And when you're ready, please, come home. Okay, I can't help but do this. The Golden One claims a vacant throne. The Crown of Light will bring only darkness. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-huh. Ruh-roh. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. Carlin's going to keep it safe. <laughs> in quotation marks. Yeah, I was going to say. Safe. I was going to say. Yale didn't see this, but when I knew it was like, Rally will keep us safe. Allie's in the background. Into <laughs> like, <laughs> the quotation mark fingers, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> also, ears. the whole um, Anduin calling him Old Wolf thing uh, for some reason that made me giggle. It, it just it did. Yeah. The old Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, just, I just like that was a very touching moment. I was like, oh, get- it was good. It, it was, was good. This is the first time I heard Gen, like the, at least the voice actor, where he just like genuinely was like, "Holy crap! I am so glad you're safe." Like, like there was a like a like a care. And then some serious emotion yeah. there in the voice, yeah. which I really like. It was when it makes sense. Like, sorry, sorry. Oh no, I was there. just gonna say. Compared to the next time we hear again, it's gonna be a little different. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. True. And then it makes sense that Anduin wants to stay. Spoilers. Like, we're not even going to into anything else. But like, just if you think about everything this kid has been through, who's who's not a kid anymore. <laughs> But everything he's been through in his entire life. And this, I could see being the straw that broke the camel's back. And I think it makes complete sense that he's not ready to return to quote unquote normal because he doesn't. Returning to normal life after trauma is very difficult in real life, even. And for Anduin to have gone through all this. I, I can't imagine that he's in a rush to tur- return to that normal life, to return to being a king and all the king responsibilities and how his people need him. You know, like he needs time to process and to deal with it and get through whatever he needs to get through, you know? So I make it makes complete sense that he would want to stay in the Shadowlands a little longer just to even just to process. Yeah. It, it felt so a little bit of a little thing for me i'll just say i played through this before i finished the novel i finished the novel the day after i played with it played through it and i was like okay yeah this is making a lot of sense again no spoilers for anything i just go that's really interesting that's very interesting that huh it's just like i just like how they left it like that that's all i'm gonna say okay bye <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, it's just, it's a good thing, and I I like it because I I think you're absolutely right. Where it's like you can't go through an experience like that and just be like, yeah, I'm gonna go back to the throne. Eh, it's good to be king, right? That's not gonna happen. Nope. Plus, he's got the whole shadow tendrils that still popped up in the book earlier on Sh- Sh- Shadows Rising. Shadows Rising. That Shadows Rising. Right, right. Yeah. The, the like so that's the thing too. So yeah, that with everything, like, man, Anduin's gotta be just messed up in the head, so. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of time works differently in the Shadowlands, I have a strong feeling that old, hey, remember Mr. Beardy looking uh, Anduin? That's probably what Anduin's gonna look like. Yep. One of these Probably days. how that's gonna come full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's just gonna hang out in the Shadowlands, just like, yeah, maybe he wants to go talk to Daddy. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, well, even even if it's not an age thing, I feel like just pure stress yeah. will do that to his hair. I mean, we've seen what it did to Jaina, right? We've seen what it did. Like so many characters in various, you know, tropes and fantasies and comics and whatnot. Like when they go through that, like their hair just white, 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 just 
super white and gray and everything. So even if it's not old man Anduin that we get back, like I can see coming back with white hair just from pure yeah. life. And I, I don't know if that was just like the art department didn't have time or something like that, but I was kind of hoping that there would have been some semblance of what he did just visually. Me too. Yeah, me too. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll get that the next time we see Anduin uh, in the future. Whenever that might be. Anywho, let's go ahead and jump into what you know, Pelagos and Clea were talking about. And honestly, out of all of these, I'm not just a very strict just lore, just lore, not storytelling, just lore side of things. This one might actually be my favorite. Stay a while and listen. I really enjoyed it. So here we go. When my service to the Kyrian began, and I first learned of the Maw, the knowledge filled me with sorrow. A mortal life is so incredibly brief. I questioned whether any actions taken within that span of time could truly be worthy of eternal torment. I confess that as an aspirant, I did not think of such things. Only of duty. It was not until I witnessed Uther's plight that I recognized the injustice of the Maw. Never again will a mortal soul be sent to its depths. All deserve a chance at redemption. Recent events have shown us that a single mortal soul, in fact, every mortal soul, can alter the course of eternity. Indeed, for good or for ill. In the end, it was mortals and their decisions that shaped the fate of the Shadowlands. As Arbiter, I will take that lesson to heart. Every soul will be treated with compassion and will be given a voice in which afterlife awaits them. Yeah. So why this one was my favorite is in a way, not perfect, but in a way, this felt like what the Jailer wanted all along, right? To have a voice, to have a choice, some type of free will. You know what I mean? Where it's like the whole system, whole machine, right? The fact that they called it the machine of death. It felt very sterile and just like you had no choice. This is just what happened, right? You're just one more thing that got ground up in the cogs of the machine of death, right? But with Pelagos as the Arbiter, actually taking every soul and life and the desire and want, you know, case by case, feels like this is what the Jailer wanted all along. Like there was no, you know what I mean? It, I, I don't know if you agree, but it feels like this is the change that maybe the still naive, bright-eyed version of the Arbiter before it went down the path of getting locked up at the mall like <laughs> wanted? <laughs> I don't know. I, I agree, and I think so, but I also question how... What is the word I'm looking for? Not innocent. I don't know what I'm looking for. It just... And throughout this expansion, we've learned that he wanted to be in charge of it all, right? To have power over it all. And it was that, you know, when, when he first came up with this plan of what he wanted the Shadowlands to look like, was it from a malicious standpoint, right? Sure. And so, I mean, yes, we, we're getting the version of Shadowlands he probably would have liked, 
but he wanted to have the power over it all, and that seemed kind of more evil. Yeah, and and I think um, Taliesin in his little video did a very good job of explaining this a little bit, where if you have an eternal one, right? You're hot shit, right? You're like top of the top, yeah. cream of the crop. Yeah. Yeah. You're an eternal one, right? I was made for this. Right? This is the this is the role that literally the first ones made me for was to fix this all. Yeah. So maybe you have that thought in your mind. Seems to make sense that you have that. Pelagos, on the other hand, comes at it a much more humbler look. Where right. Pelagos yeah. is like, yeah, it, like 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 Pelagos said, he views the maw as, as an injustice, as something that just you know, a mortal life is so brief. So insignificant in the in the eternity. So to weigh immortal life and to deem it eligible, even Goldan, for example, we'll use Goldan, right? As if Goldan could just be tossed straight to the mall, then could it, like you know what I mean? It's if you spent say seventy years, seventy years doing the most awful heinous shit you can pot like you didn't even think of. When you think of going back to Taronda, right? Taronda and and wanting to just basically rip the freaking head off of Sylvanas, right? That that is very retributive justice. You know, you just want to punish them for the acts that they did. It doesn't fix anything, right? It doesn't make them atone for anything. It doesn't make them even admit that they were wrong. I mean, if you watch the movie Shawshank Redemption, everyone in that prison is right. innocent. <laughs> everyone's innocent. Not a single person did a thing wrong. Right? So it's like, it's that look of, of like, you, you kind of look at it and you just kind of realize that, yeah, the jailer went about it saying that I alone can fix it. And we have seen what someone like that can do. Right? That's in our personal life. <laughs> in real life, there is a particular person that says, uh, issued those words and I, and I feel, based on Twitter, a lot of the writing team don't like that guy, right? And maybe this is almost like their own little way of saying like, hey, maybe come at this with a little bit more humility. Maybe a little bit more, you know, concern about every person, not just about yourself. Because it felt like the jailer was like, I got a raw deal. Didn't necessarily feel like they really cared about anything else. Like in the, like in the book. I'm not going to yeah. go into it too yeah. much, but it was like, you know, one of the things that the jailer liked to say was, I got screwed over. Didn't really seem to care about anyone else. Didn't really have any compassion. Again, going back to what Uther said, compassion is what leads us out of the darkness. And I think that's where Pelagos, as the Arbiter, is going to take the shadow line. It's going to use compassion rather than just, you know, you know, well, the, the current, well, the previous version of the Arbiter, it was just like, had no emotions whatsoever. Just like, you know, wasn't even, it was just a construct. Just, hey, I can see your just way measures. Just go whatever. That's why, that's why that was my favorite. Because it was like, yeah, I, I like where they're going with this. It, it felt like if, if you, and I gotta say, it's a little hard to talk about this, but that's probably <laughs> It really is. Because I really do. <laughs> I want to talk about it, but we'll we'll t- we'll bring this back up uh, in the next episode and, and tie it in. But 
by the Arbiter basically saying that I am going to take these lessons to heart, which is nice because one, you go like, hey, the Arbiter's got a heart. The Arbiter actually cares. The Arbiter feels, uh, unlike the previous one that was just like, <laughs> it didn't seem to say anything. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, I really like them. Anyway, before I continue to ramble on for random crap, do you have anything else to say on this weather alley? No. No. Right. We can yeah. continue. Nothing else. So with with that, we're going to jump into the other Gan Greymane quote, but it's, it's the Lothramar quote. Lothramar. We're attacking Lothramar. Lothramar Theron. Yep. Let's see what he says. Well met, King Greymane. Regent Lord. I hope the fate of Sylvanus Windrunner brings the Alliance some measure of peace. Peace? You stand in the Shadowlands, Regent Lord. Ask the dead she sent here whether they feel peace. As for me, that's something I will never know. Not while the monster who killed my son still endures. I understand. My people are haunted by the deeds of monsters as well. And what of you? Are you hoping that the Ranger General you served comes back from the Maw, or would you prefer having your war chief again? I spent most of my life alongside the Windrunner family. Sylvanus was my hero, and my friend. But the Banshee who nearly led the Horde to ruin was neither. Then you shouldn't have followed her commands. Good day, Regent Lord. Good day. King Greymane. Ooh! Feel the snark <laughs> on that one. salt! Then you shouldn't have followed her. Good day. I said good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I love getting there. Like, you can feel that. You can feel it. Oh, so good. Yeah. I like getting there because one of the things that they kind of uh, instill in you in, in the military is you follow orders. You follow orders. You follow lawful orders, right? You're not just an automaton in the military. It talks about that you will follow a lawful order, right? So that's where Gan was coming at. It's like you shouldn't have followed her orders, because I mean, in a sense, it almost feels like he's giving a little like little little, little praise to uh, to old uh, freaking Varrock for. You know, being the first to say no, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And, and even a call back to uh, to Vol'jin for doing the same thing with Garrosh. Basically, you know, saying you know, not following the orders of these uh, you know lesser people. So, uh, hey, again, let's uh, let's see if you follow the orders of Turalyon when he leads you down the path of wherever we're going. <laughs> Look out, Alliance. We might be doing some bad stuff. Oh, man. I mean, we've been saying for a while that, you know, the Horde's been in turmoil, blah, 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 drama, drama, drama. Now it's the Alliance's turn. It might actually be the Alliance's turn. We'll have to see. That's kind of where it seems to be leading. Yeah. It feels like the Horde is at least getting their uh, the ducks in a row a little bit. Right. Stabilizing, yeah. yeah. It feels like they're getting they're getting things all kind of situated a little bit. It's not too bad anymore. Um, they don't have a war chief, war chief. No, like a like a council. Like this little council of leaders seems, seems like a little little uh, 
democracy is the big worst, worst thing in the world. You know, the gnomes, they know what's going on. Because you know gnomes have a democracy. It's true. They do. It's true. Mm-hmm. Well, there we go. We're coming from that salt from Gen, let's go ahead and jump into what Bane and Lothamar said to each other. Which is, this is a good point. To think we now stand on the other side of the veil, that those we lost await us here among these countless afterlives. Is there anyone you would seek out, Bane, for one last conversation before you return to the land of the living? No need to spare my feelings, Lothamar. You are asking if I wish to find my father. The truth is, I do not need to. His spirit is always with me, wherever I go, whatever I do. Guiding me just as his ancestors guided him. And what of you? Is there someone you would visit, given this chance? Prince Kael'thas. Long have I held the title of Regent Lord, all the while wondering if I was truly suited to lead my people. I would ask the last liege of Silvermoon if he regrets the choices he made. A chance to mend old wounds, and perhaps feel that the torch has truly been passed. A feeling I understand all too well. I pray your conversation brings you the peace you seek, my friend. Yeah, that is a good one. I really like that one. That is a really good one. A seeing Lorthamar, you know, finally in the Shadowlands and hearing him react to, so this is what it looks like in the Shadowlands. Like, I thought that was really neat. And then, you know, all along in the Shadowlands, this expansion, you know, a lot of players have, you know, made various comments on like who they want various characters to meet up with, you know, when it's all to see Draka, when it's Bane to see Karen. Like it it was really nice to see them actually address that and how Bane feels about not having that chance to see Karen. And I thought that was that was really great. I really liked it. And don't worry, uh, dear listeners, I will not subject you to it again. But it reminded me of when uh, Littlefoot's mom died and uh, was like, I'm always going to be there with you. Yeah, please don't subject that to the listeners again. I won't do I it again. I listen to the show again and I will not be able to handle that right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it again. But it was good. Uh, that's what it felt like. It was. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It was basically Bane saying that, hey. Karen was right. He's always there with me. You know? Just like Mufasa. Like Mufasa telling to Simba. Like, I'm always with you. What are you talking about? I'm always with you. I'm always with you. you know, dead kings of the past. I'm stuck. Ah, that's what it's like. So, <laughs> that, that's what it felt like. And, and Lothamar, there's a part of me that wants, like, I almost wanted to be like, you're in luck, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I almost feel like they yeah. knew it. Because he's like, I pray your conversation goes well because it's like he's you could go talk to him. <laughs> yeah, he's here. He's really not that far from here. I mean, he's got to hop on, you know, little, little wormy thing over here and he'll, he'll be here. <laughs> yeah, it's according to the timeline. He's probably back in Sinfall now because I think that's the last time you would have talked to him. I believe I believe so. 
Yeah, because you had the little. But yeah, I thought I thought that was a neat little thing too. When he was like, "Oh, Kelthos," I'm like, "Oh, about that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah last time we uh, heard from Kelthos, um, yes, it was after the Sanctum of Domination, where he's like, "I should have been the one who killed him," and where I healed his ass forever. Yeah, yeah, and it was when friggin' the the accuser, I believe, was like, "And what would that have done?" Hmm. What good would it have done had you been the one to kill Kel'Thuzad? He's like, yeah, yeah. I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been happy with it. What? And she's like, I wouldn't have done nothing for your people. That would have been for you. He's like, yeah, you're right. That was all for me. <laughs> yeah. And then she told him to forgive himself. I felt good. I like that. Where she accused her was like, dude, you did some some bad stuff, but you don't have to beat yourself up for not being there when you know Silvermoon got attacked by Arcus. That's that's not your fault. Like, you were in Dalaran, dude. So anyway, I like that. I like that little exchange. I don't have that voice line. You can go look at that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we do have one final voice line to cover up before you cover before we wrap up. And I thought this was fitting. This was the last one that I did because this sort of feels like a, uh, what's coming next? So here we go. Little Bolvar and Darian talking about new stuff. Without the helm of domination to control them, the Scourge roams leaderless. Nothing remains to temper their aggression. Indeed. The mightiest among them already vie for supremacy. Like vicious warlords in the wake of their king's death. We cannot allow any of them to seize command and unite their forces. The Ebon Blade must remain vigilant. And so we shall. Though Azeroth may never truly be rid of the Scourge, we will keep them in check. You have my word. Ice Crown Citadel remains a seat of dark power. We must not let it fall into enemy hands. Perhaps I should return to... No, Bolvar. Let the Frozen Throne sit vacant. The Knights of the Ebon Blade will safeguard the Citadel in your stead. Talia needs her father. Darien. Thank you. Strange, is it not? We both lived lives of service and... Even after facing death itself, we still feel compelled to serve others. Sometimes, the greatest act of service is to be present for those who need us. Until we meet again, High Lord. Oh, snap. Darry knows what's up. Feels like... He does? It's very true. It's very true. Yeah, feels like Darian's like got some... You know, talk about his uh, his old past with his dad not always being there. Old Renault, as a lot of people like to pronounce, but I believe technically the pronunciation is Renault. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, I, I really like that because number one, it points out that hey, Helma Domination really was keeping the Scourge in check. No more Helma Domination. Scourge is a problem again. Yeah, yeah, about that. <laughs> a little bit of a problem. All right, and then obviously one of my favorite things when it comes to the questing in uh, old nine two was the Talia and Bolvar moments. So 
Yeah, yeah. I'm glad they uh, they included a little bit of that in in this year too. It's, it's, it felt felt nice. Felt nice. I just I just liked it. So yeah, yeah. And I, I I like that we got a feel for Bolvar and how he didn't really want to go back to the Frozen Throne. Shit's cold, man. Even if he got a flaming but he ass, would if he like he would if he had to, but he doesn't really want to. I don't blame him. It's cold. It is lonely. No one likes that. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, in fact, again, not going to spoil anything. Not today. But there's a little bit of more, Dad. Come 9.2.5. So, yeah. That's, that's some good stuff to do. We'll talk about that future episode. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to more Boulevard, Talia, awesome time. Maybe they're going to have a tea party. It'll be great. I want a tea party. That'd make a great toy. I'm just getting this like weird mental image of Bolvar with a teacup like pinky out. No, what just I'm t- picturing is Bolvar going, <laughs> I am Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Toy Story, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I can I can I can actually totally see that. Bulver has been through some stuff. He may not be all right in the head right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, that is all that we had today. So what are your thoughts overall on the quest line? The stay a while and listens and Sylvanas. Blah, 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 blah. It was good. It was, it felt very short, <laughs> but it was done in a good way. It wrapped it up. I absolutely love when they do these stay a while and listens, especially when there's voice lines attached to it. And I hope that's just a trend that they continue because these are great. Yeah, it was great. Especially once I found out the secret to figure out which voice line goes first in the when you pull them from the game files. They're all numbered appropriately. Felt very nice. Plus like nice when they're actually numbered appropriately there have been past expansions where they weren't yeah a (laughs) couple times i've pulled a voice line from one character and it was actually like uther talking i'm like that's not right yep i've had that happen too (laughs) i'm like nope that's not all this boss i'm looking for thanks 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 uther for throwing that in there appreciate that (laughs) but anyway yeah i think that's where we're gonna wrap it up so ellie you guys say thanks to the patrons. You guys say thank you. Oh, hey, we're back to this. <laughs> hey, remember in the beginning when I was super awkward and silly and I was talking about, about patron stuff? And I was like, hey, end of the show. Actually, I don't remember if I said the end of the show, but hey, we're in the show now. And it's part where we can, you know, say a quick thank you to all the patrons that support us and keep us going. And again, all of our silly habits that we enjoy. If you'd like to join the ranks and support the show, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash live laugh lore. Yes. And I would like to say an amazingly huge thank you to a brand new patron that we got, which is John McCart. Yep. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. You're fantastic. And on top of that, I have to say a super mega giant, super duper amazing fatty fat fat Oh, this is amazing. (laughs) Just, I love it. Thank you to all of the top patrons, which John Marquette is a part of now, too. So thank you. Uh, Yeah, this is going to go to Sarith. Hey, thanks for filling in. Sarith, that was good. Thanks, Sarith. Yeah, it was fun. Ickes. We like Ickes. 
And we like a dude too. Thank you. And Kamari. I swear to God, I'm trying that pickle sickle soon. All right. And pasta mat. Gross. <laughs> Gross. Well, I like pasta though. Pasta's good, right? Pasta. Pasta's good. I'll take pasta. Pasta mat, yeah. And mud. Mud pie? I don't know. Mud, mud's good. All right. Chris I used to make mud pies. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, mud pie's good. Uh, Dungeon Master Burke. Yeah. We'll play some D&D soon. And Dracorus. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Fantastic. Y'all patrons are wonderful. I appreciate you all. Thank you. Well, before we really get out of here, we got to do one of these. Wow. Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. Yes. So good. Now, so here's, I'm going to let you in a little secret, everybody. I did these notes a few days ago. My wife looked at me and was like, hey, did you remember to do a positive story? I was like, ah, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Because I looked at the notes. I was like, oh, he's still working on it. So luckily, 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 my wife was like, hey, why don't you just talk about this person that you started to follow on Twitter the other day? And yes, I'm absolutely going to talk about this particular person that I started following on Twitter. That's right, Libby. Don't yell at me. Yes. Did you follow Libby on Twitter? What? Libby doesn't have an account on Twitter. I should make a Libby account. Ah, my God. too much work. All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to talk about Jackie Hunt Borisma. I'm sorry about that last part. Anyway. Anywho. They are on a quest to run 100 marathons in 100 days. What? All right. That is 26.2 miles every single day for 100 days straight. And you're thinking like, hey, there, Jen, that's a lot of running. Yeah, that is a lot of running. And uh, I think that's a little crazy. But you know what? We're going we're, we're gonna to get a little bit more into how you might be thinking like, I can't do that. Well, you never know. Because here's some fun things. Anyway, yeah, Jackie is running for raising money for amputee Blade Runners. Mm-hmm. Jackie, when she was 26 years old, woke up one day with a golf size, uh, golf ball size mass on her leg. She was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma, a rare cancer, and had her leg amputated just weeks after the diagnosis. It wasn't until 15 years later that Jackie started running. And she says that her only regret is that she didn't start sooner. Mm-hmm. Well, remember how I said that Jackie was running 100 marathons in 100 days? Well, today is marathon number 86 that she just finished. And marathon number 92 is actually going to be what I would consider to be my current goal that I'm setting for myself. It's going to probably take me a couple of years to get there, but it is my <laughs> goal, which is she is going to be running the Boston Marathon in the Para Division. So, yeah, so it's pretty new. Anyway. That's awesome. So, as I was putting out this little little positive note here, the I, I learned a little bit about what she is trying to do. Number one, the current world record was 95 marathons in 95 days right, for, for females. Okay. And she's like, all right, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Well, this is what she tweeted out today. She said, day 86 and marathon 86 done. Little flexi emoji. I am. (laughs) Someone beat me to the female 100 marathon record, so I've adjusted my goal. I'm still going after the record, but will run at least 102 marathons or maybe more. 
I feel like I need to totally smash this record. So Jackie is going to apparently smash not only the 95 previous record, but this whatever the 100 marathon goal is that someone else set. Because I, I was doing a little bit of research into this. And um, yeah, that is someone else from the UK was going for the 100 as well. I guess they did it. And oh my goodness, the fact that I'm even over here like sweating about doing one in December <laughs> and she's right. done 86 <laughs> in 86 days. And okay, so I was following them on Twitter. Oh my God. Did you know that some of her marathons are on a treadmill? Uh, <laughs> like, it's, it must be some good Netflix or something with that. Cause. Oh. Ooh. My God, that would be the worst. I got to tell you, like, <laughs> a treadmill marathon feels like it should count for two. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I can see that. Sadly, it doesn't know. But oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, uh, Jackie is killing it. And I just thought this was an amazing story because basically what she is running for is for, like I said, amputee blade runners uh, because she is uh, she's got her little. Uh, she got a little little shirt that says uh, in a lot of their photos that she is running for those who can. So, I love that. That's great. So fantastic little positive story. I loved it. Um, so yeah, uh, I will throw in the show notes uh, there them on Twitter. Maybe you can uh, cheer them on because uh, yeah, they'll be into the nineties by the time this episode comes out. <laughs> there you go. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode, there, Ellie? Um, this whole story makes my old lady knees hurt. (laughs) (laughs) And people who can run one marathon are just amazing. So the thought of doing that many every single day, I guess it makes, it makes my knees hurt, (laughs) but just it's honestly, it really is an inspirational story and it's just fantastic. All right. Well, with that, we are going to wrap it up here. So thank you very much for listening. I'm going to check you out next time. Talk about the book next time. Oh my gosh. We finally stopped doing the... No spoilers. <laughs> All the spoilers. All the spoilers next time. All of them. It's going to be great. Thank you so much for listening mm-hmm. to Live, Laugh, Floor. If you have a topic or a question you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at livelaughlorecast at gmail.com. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash livelaughlore, and you can keep the show going for as little as a dollar an episode. You can watch Ali live on Twitch Sunday nights over at twitch.tv slash and you can watch Jin Monday nights at twitch.tv slash joint. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jin on Twitter at Jin's Joint, and you can follow Ali at Aliander's K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. Say goodbye, Libby. Bye, Libby.